Uh, Stacy mentioned something um, about overcoming ourselves, and she actually said, it's easy for us to overcome ourselves. And immediately, that, that phrase grabbed me, and I felt like the Lord say, speaking to someone or some people that are listening right now, you have made your issue and problem so big that it feels like a mountain you can't overcome. But the reality is, is don't beat yourself up over it. Just let it go and move on. I feel like there's been people that have made a mountain out of a molehill. We remember that phrase. And we need to make sure that we don't make mountains out of molehills in our lives. One, we shouldn't have moles in our lives because they're just, I'm sorry if you're a mole lover, I'm not. We have a farm and a small hobby farm and, and uh, the moles are in our grass all the time. They destroy my, our lawnmower blades, they're just a pain, they look ugly. Um, I don't like moles, and I feel like the Lord is saying to someone that is listening right now, get rid of your moles. Uh, I got moles on my back. I don't mean those moles. I mean, don't let aggravating rodents live in you. Just get rid of them. And it's easier to get rid of them in your own life than what you think it is. And most people get so heavily overburdened by what they believe is digging holes or building molehills in their life that they just don't let it go. And I just want to encourage you, just let it go. Whatever has been dragging you down, whatever memories have been holding you back, just let them go. Matter of fact, get a little more violent and give them a quick boot right out of your life. Like get violent against the things that are going wrong in your life. Violent, take it by force in the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit... And the move of God and His glory and His presence isn't just a passive environment. It's actually a very violent environment. Well, God, no, He's just like real gentle and loving. The Holy Spirit is just like, woo, a dove. And I get it. I understand. But if you have a demon or a devil and you enter into the presence of God, I will tell you, a violent reaction will happen in you. Something will clash. Darkness always clashes against light. But the amazing thing is, is light always wins. Open the windows. <laughs> Let the sun shine in. Just let it go. Some of us are getting so worked up with the environment and or the things that are going on around us and, and the pandemic and or whatever it is and the COVID and the viruses and the cancer. And I feel like we need to just let it go 
and focus back into the destiny and the calling that God has on your life and my life and let go of the moles, kick them right out. Matter of fact, take them out and strangle them right now because again, I think moles are part of the curse. Sorry. My little humor. Moles and voles. Now that we own land, I'm learning more about moles, but I didn't know much about voles. And voles are very destructive. They make these little trails in the grass, and they dig all these little holes. My wife has been planting, you know, uh, little bushes and shrubs with Samantha in our new, our new house out, out in front there. And these little voles come up and munch out the plant and disappear again. Get rid of them. I need to speak that over my land right now because that would save me a lot of aggravation. I have tried to water, flood these things out, smoke these things out, do everything, but they're outside. I'm talking about personally inside right now. Anything that is aggravating you, frustrating you, uh, bringing you down, let it go. Yeah, but I need like 15 hours of counseling. No, no, just let it go. You see, you have the best counselor ever. Holy Spirit. Jesus in you. Let it go. But I can't. Yes, you can. But no, let it go. You know how long I've had. Let it go. Yeah, but for 25 years. Let it go. Give back to your love, your first love of Jesus Christ. Give back to what Holy Spirit is doing in you. Give back to the blessings and favor of God that is wanting to pour out over us. The church has always been persecuted. There's nothing new. The kingdom of God, it's not just words, it's power. We need to be walking in power in the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven right now. And in that kingdom is incredible blessings. These blessings from God, you know, oh, you know, many times we cry out, you know, oh God, I want to see your blessings. I want to see your blessings. And I feel like the word is raise your blinds and open your windows and shut your AC off. Because the blessings of God don't stop. They're always happening. We just have to look for exactly what's transpiring in his blessings in us and around us. You know, when you do experience something and you experience the presence of God, you experience that, that, that marvelous power in your own life, you, it's very hard to keep it quiet. The vision that Sharon had last, last week, she brought it up multiple times to people. I'd hear her bring it up because of an encounter with God. And what I'm trying to encourage us here right now is that when you have an encounter with God, don't, don't close the windows and lock it inside. Open up the blinds, open up the windows and start declaring it and proclaiming it out into the people around us. Be a voice. Stand up. In Acts chapter 4, verse 20, both Peter and John, they state, for we cannot but speak the things which ha we have seen and heard. In other words, we can't be quiet. We can't help not speaking about the things we have seen 
and we have heard by testimony of somebody else. I want to tell you what, this is not the time to be quiet or silent, no matter what governments, no matter what people around you say. Stand up, speak it, speak the testimony of God, speak the glory of God, speak the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the call. I want to go back into Acts chapter 4. I'm going to actually read the story, starting in verse 1, of Peter and John when they made this statement. They were arrested. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Now as they spoke, this is Peter and John, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. It's interesting. If you start speaking to the people, the leadership, whatever it is, if you're speaking something against their narrative, they will come upon you right away. And I want to tell you what. Here's Peter and John, and they're going for it. All their windows are open, and they are speaking and declaring all the things they have seen and they have heard. Verse 2, being greatly disturbed that they taught, you see, these these. Sanhedrins, Sadducees, the leaders of, of that region, of that area, were greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They didn't like it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care who doesn't like the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I will preach it. I will live it. I will speak it, period. No matter where I am, what country I go into, I'm going to speak it, and I'm going to speak it boldly. Verse 3. And they laid hands on them not to pray. <laughs> this is the, the leadership. And, in other words, they grabbed them and put them in custody until the next day. See, because it was already evening. And so the only way they could shut them up was to take them away and put them in jail. All the threats, all the things that were going on wouldn't shut this Paul and John up. They had to be removed by force. Glad that's not happening anywhere around us. Verse 4, however, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000 people. They shared what they saw, and they shared what they heard. And 5,000 people came to Jesus. Verse 5, and it came to pass on the next day that the rulers and elders and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, the, uh, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. We're talking the heavy weights of that form of government were there. And when they had set them in the midst, they took Paul and John out of, out of prison, and they brought them into the midst of this powerful group of leaders. And they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you what, if you're called to go after something, you better be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if you're filled with your own ideas and lack of identity, you're going to get beat up. 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, you notice he didn't go slamming the daylights out of the government or out of these leaders. He, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. That's what we need. I pray for my prime minister. I pray for our government. If I ever have a meeting with our prime minister, I pray that I will go into that meeting filled with the Holy Spirit. Because my mind and my own personal attitude and my own personal perspectives of what's going on around us isn't going to win the battle. I could go on social media and slam the daylights out of whoever, but it's not going to win the battle. But I probably will get in a fight. But I'll tell you what, in this day and hour, we need to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to know what fights we're to fight and what fights we're not to fight. So again, verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, he actually honored them by saying this, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all. And to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Because this man was miraculously healed. This is the stone, referring to Jesus Christ, which was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That name is Jesus. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, remember, filled with the Holy Spirit gives you a boldness. I'm a driven type A personality. I probably, people would look at me and say, you have boldness. Yeah, but when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I will walk into gangbang areas that I would have never done on my own. I'll walk into areas or go into countries where I could risk life and limb, but I would have never done on my own. But Holy Spirit, that's boldness. Verse 13 again, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they actually marveled at it. How, how do you have this boldness? Like, you guys are like not as smart as us. You're not trained like we are, thank goodness. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? 
For indeed, that a noble miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Let us severely threaten them, kind of not to gather together. <laughs> Oops. Well, that's what it is. It's just that they can't speak to anybody. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, I want to go back. They were commanded not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. I, want, I, I just want to declare to you all right now, if our countries ever go down that path to that extreme, we will not be quiet. We will not go quietly. We will not lie down and be kicked on. There will be a line drawn. I don't want that line drawn. But when that line is drawn, I guarantee you I know what side of the line I'm going to stand on. I will not be silent about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can, you can restrict us from gathering this and that, but I will not be silent from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. <laughs> For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and what we heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, John and Peter, being let go, they went to their own companions. They went to their people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in it, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we, they, may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. This is what we're called into now. Speak the word of God with boldness. 
Speak the testimonies that we have heard and that we have seen. Do not ever forget the testimonies of the goodness of God and the miraculous things that we have seen and we have heard. What the enemy is trying to do over and over and over again is to get you to forget the testimonies and get burdened down with all the garbage and the junk of this world. And I want to I want to say to you and encourage you, one of the things that I do when I start to get down a little bit is I just think of God's goodness around me. I think of God's goodness in our marriage, uh, in our family. I think of God's goodness in our ministries. Uh, I think of God's goodness that I have seen all my life as a child in a mission field, being raised up, watching and learning and growing with the miraculous realm all around us. I want to tell you what, I never ever will let myself get so down that I forget about his goodness because his goodness is what sets us free through the blood of Jesus Christ and resurrected power. And when we experience this goodness, we naturally want to bless people. We want to do things. Uh, we want to give. We want to give. We want to actually give to the ministry. We want to give to people. We want to be a blessing because we're experiencing the goodness blessing of God in our life. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 to 21. This is Paul speaking. For the kingdom of God is not word, is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word. It, 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 you, you can't just speak without power. You can't just have the kingdom of God in you and say, I've got it, without showing some form of power. Like we got to rise up, church. We got to start living in power, power, power of the kingdom of God, Holy Spirit power in our lives. Because if we don't walk in power, we're going to get overrun and we're going to get burdened down and we're going to get weighted by this world. And pretty soon, what, what we're doing now will start to seem normal. And I bind that and rebuke that in Jesus' name. What's happening in this pandemic is not normal. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Verse 21, what do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod? Or in love and a spirit of gentleness? That's one thing the world doesn't know is how to come in the spirit of love and gentleness. All they know is to come in a spirit of power. But the power that the world comes in is not the power I'm talking about. That devil, he still got power, but he ain't got no authority left. But if you live a life thinking that that devil's got power on you, then you need to grow up, smell the roses of the resurrected Lord and Savior and say, hold it. I got power and authority over the devil in Jesus' name. Every encounter we have with God is to bring our hearts deeper and closer to God. We have an encounter not to just feel good. 
We have an encounter to bring us closer to God and his glory. We need these kingdom counters, encounters because it's a transformation starts to happen in our life. And I want to encourage us. Sometimes we feel like we're not having any kingdom encounters. Well, it ain't God stopping them. It's you or I not opening the windows again to his glory. One of the biggest things to close the windows of his presence in our life is fear. Feeling you're weak. Feeling you're depressed. Feeling there's no hope. Oh, that devil, when you're into those attitudes, he's running around slamming your windows closed because he wants you to keep breathing that same air over and over again. But I'm here to declare to you, there is a fresh wind that is blowing. There is a fresh wind that is blowing, and it is time to get your windows open. I don't even care if you clean them first. Just slam them wide open. We need this transformation so we can be entrusted with more of him. You know, we cry out for more, but what are you trusted with now? When he gave you what you have, what have you done with it? He's looking for people that have received a little to do a lot to receive a lot more. And I want to encourage us, I believe that there's some people watching and hearing this message right now that have had many great prophetic words over their life, and for some reason, they felt like they're just not able to get it done or accomplished. I want to tell you, that is a lie of a deceiving devil that is not, does not have authority in your life, that you need to stand up, and you need to get back to the cross of Jesus Christ, but don't cap out at the cross. Realize that the blood that, I was listening to a song this morning, I just love this phrase, and I'm probably getting it wrong, that the blood flowed from the cross is choking that devil. He's drowning in the blood. But that resurrection power, that resurrection power, it's in you. If you know Jesus Christ is your living Lord and Savior, you have resurrected power in you. We need this power I need this power. I need more power. Not because I'm prideful, but because I want to walk and the earth shake. When Jesus is in me, I am the light of a shining to the darkness. You have Jesus in you. He is the light in you. You are shining light to the darkness. We get this false humility, false pride thing going. We've all been probably taught it. It's just ridiculous. I want power. Doesn't that just sound like a dictatorship? No, the power I'm talking about is not mine. And it's not for my name. It's not from, for my wealth. That power that I'm talking about is from his name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And it's for his wealth to reach every sinner of this world the more profound the work of the Holy Spirit that is in us, the more profound the manifestation of the Spirit that will flow through us. We need to look for profound encounters. Ones that change you. Visions that change you. Not, oh, hey, I had another vision last night. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it was really cool. What? 
Whose vision was it? Was it your imagination or was it actually the vision of God? Because if it's the vision of God, you can't be silent. You're not going to speak it once and forget about it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or can even think, according to the power that works in us. To him who is able, to God, to Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask. So maybe stop asking, because you're not asking enough. Or think, maybe we think too much. Our thinking can't even grasp the comprehension of God's greatness and power. But to walk in this, to be able to move in your life and walk in your life and have a stability of His glory in your life is according to the power that works in us. What power is working in you or me? How much power is working in us? That pretty much is determined by you and in my life determined by me. Again, if you're worthy with a little, the expectation of more is on its way. Many times what goes on around us is similar to what goes on inside of us. Whenever you run around you is all depressed, you probably are too. Or maybe you're bummed out and you've turned everyone around you into it as well. But if you walk in power of God, in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ in your life, you will start to see things starting to happen in the people around you, and you will change a negative environment into a positive environment. You will literally walk in the freedom of the miraculous to literally bring the miraculous to the people around you. In Jesus' name. No power inside of you. There's probably no power outside of you either. We need to look for power. Oh, but I'm just a humble son. Really? What does that mean? You're humble? That's good. Jesus was humble? Or did he lose his humility when he ran into the temple and overturned the tables? Humble is never to create passiveness or passive lifestyle. Humble is to know that you can't do it on your own, that you have to have God in you to get it done. The power that God gives to us as sons and daughters, it's unlimited. It's so cool. It's like, you know, you drive your car and you run low on gas and you got to fill it up, but 
the reality is, is God's gas tank never needs filling. You can go, 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 go. Faster you go, it's just full. His tank is full. Why don't we link our tank with his tank? Why don't we put a, a hose between so we're always full in his presence, in his glory? This kingdom lifestyle thrives on seeing the impossible kneel at the name of Jesus. When we live this kind of life, I tell you what, our expectation is that the impossible things come to life. And they don't become impossible. They become all things are possible in the name of Jesus. People who encounter God on this level, they will take risks so that miracles will happen. I guarantee you, you follow any miracle worker, and I will guarantee you they have taken and take a lot of risks. Because miracles take risk. Well, really? Yeah. If you need a miracle, one of the risks is you need to lose your fear of not being healed. It's risky to your fear. Lose it. If a miracle takes risk, I mean, Jesus Christ, spitting in the mud, making a mud ball, mud pies with his hands and saliva, I mean, that's not COVID friendly. And he took his spit. <laughs> And he mixed it up. You know how much spit it takes to spit on dry ground and make mud? Yeesh. It was risky for him because spitting was extremely offensive. And that blind guy. He probably grew up being told that he is cursed by his parents' sin or his own sin. That's pretty much where, what they believed then. And when someone is cursed, many people would spit on them. Get out of here. So what does Jesus do? He uses what the world cursed him with. He uses that spit for a healing power. To open the man's windows and let the sun shine in. I want to encourage you right now. Whatever's closed, needs to be open you need to open it up because you can close the windows and fight that devil internally you're not going to win at least not for very long you might have a victory but then you'll probably get defeated then you'll have a victory then you'll get defeated but you see when we cr quit trying to fix ourselves by ourselves 
when we quit trying to live a sinful lifestyle by our own power. I've tried it. I tried it for so many years. You know, you do good for a week, and then all of a sudden, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I have forgiven you. Oh, but please forgive me. I can't believe it. You know how beat up you feel? And then you do so good. And maybe the next week or two or a few days, whatever it might be in your life. Oh, God, I feel so bad. Please forgive me. I have forgiven you. I would rather not beg for forgiveness. I would rather walk as a son knowing that I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. Whatever it is, you're forgiven. It doesn't give you access. Grace isn't an access card to allow you to sin. Grace is an access card to open your windows so the darkness disappears out of your life. Miracles don't happen without losing fear of failure. Psalms chapter 67, starting in verse 1 to 2. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face, cause your face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. Let's cry out in our spirit. Be merciful to us and bless us, O oh God. Because I know you bless us. You bless us, bless us, bless us. I know that and I live. I choose to live with the understanding of your blessings in our lives. Oh, I might have an up and down day, but I tell you what, it doesn't stop your blessings. Because Father God, I want all of us to understand that we walk in your blessings, that your face is shining upon us, your face shining and blessings, they coexist together. not so I just live a happy, happy life. We cry out, show us your glory. It's so we can go to the nations, the people around us who will be impacted by the presence of God in us. God's face and his glory These blessings that God gives us is testimony to turn the hearts of the unbelievers, to show them that they need to find the goodness of God. Amazing promises that God, can, God has given us 
two great experiences for every believer to have on a regular basis. One, the outpouring of his spirit, and two, to encounter with his face. Ezekiel 39, 29. Ezekiel 39, verse 29. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. I tell you what, we are called to be radical transformers of his presence in us to the world. We are in the greatest hour of the church. We're in the greatest season the church has ever seen in Canada, in America. What do you mean we can't even meet? We are in the greatest season. Christ is standing on the West Coast and His glory is shining. And as I asked my wife more about the vision, she said, I didn't see the other provinces. They have their encounters and their experiences. But it was more of the glory shining on our own province right now for us to do something with it. That a wave is rising up on the west. I can see the wave. And it's like horse and riders are on the top of this wave. And that wave is ready as it's building higher and higher and higher. It is looking for an army. It's ready to sweep across this land. It's looking for an army that doesn't run from a storm knows that it takes a storm to create rain. Oh, we're in a storm. I truly believe against our religious freedoms, our charter of rights and freedoms. I believe we're in a storm. This world's in a storm with a pandemic, with COVID raging. It's in a storm. It's in a storm with cancers. It's in a storm with drug overdoses. We've had more drug overdoses lately than we have dying from a pandemic here in BC. It's in a storm. Don't be scared of the storm. Know that it's ready to rain, rain, rain upon us. And that the latter rain is better than the former. So don't try to live in yesterday's rain. Get ready for the rain of his presence, of his glory, of his power, of his authority. To reign in our lives. Walk with boldness. Walk with power. Walk with authority of the name above all names. His name is Jesus.